Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode. So, Shui, uh, I guess we should recap a rollicking round six. Oh, packed round. Huge, this huge. Will we have enough time? Well, I mean, look, if you can't get through one game in two hours, I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand 88 defeated Brisbane 83. They got their win. They, they got, got their got first it. win on the board. They've had bad news since. They probably won't play a home game the whole season, which we're not all that surprised. But no, not at all. But no, good on New Zealand and good to see them on the board. Yep. Finally. Now, I said in episode 82, Christmas Reef, the key to them winning games is get Yanni Wetzel in pick and rolls. And look what happened. Oh, he's a beast. He's a beast. 27 points, eight boards. Brisbane could not stop him. His footwork was impeccable. He shot free throws well, nine of 11. So if he gets fouled, it's fine. Just keep it simple, New Zealand. Just keep it simple. He and Besson have been the the good news stories of the breakers this year. Yeah, Besson's he's been a little bit down in recent times, to be honest. I'm oh, like, yeah, you've been his age. I don't know. Oh, I, yeah. I still think he's he's been good to watch. For me, this was actually a really good bounce back for Jeremiah Martin. Now, I, I absolutely badmouthed him all of the last couple of weeks saying that he's not quite right. Look, the points aren't there. This was very much an eye test sort of one, though. 10 points, okay, not a huge amount, but the shot selection is worlds better. He's not just settling for the jump shot. He's getting into the lane. He's attacking the paint, getting his floaters going, getting layups, and he got eight assists as well. So if the shots are not there, he's making good passes. He's finding wets. He's contributing. Line. Yeah, absolutely, he is. McDowell White's the other success story, of course. But yeah. now Sivers back. Well, this is it. I mean, I thought like Besson and Will McDowell White were kind of in and out of this game a little bit. Finn Delaney, still nothing from him. They're not getting him enough shots. They're not four of nine. I think he was in this one. I, I didn't think. I mean, look, Peyton Siver showed glimpses, but he still looks a fair way off the mark right now. Well, first game back from injury. Yeah, I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about him. But yeah, it, it honestly just needs to be all about Wetzel until someone stops him. Yep. Pretty soon. Oh, he'll have an eye on the NBA now, I reckon. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be a lot of teams out there that would be happy to have him. He's making the right progress. Brisbane, they weren't great. This, this is Brisbane in a nutshell to me. Now, as I said at the top, unfortunately, I didn't get to see the second half. But this is Brisbane. They they beat Illawarra. They look really good. They come to Perth. They beat Perth in double OT. They look really good. And then they drop games at home. They should win. Yep. This is, yeah, up and down. This is the sort of performance I was expecting from Brisbane this year, and it's why I had them missing the playoffs. Yeah, me too. Yep. I kind of had them, I kind of had them on the cusp of the playoffs because they'll win the games they shouldn't every now and then, but they'll also drop games they should win. Yeah, so a lot of passengers in this one. Patterson was okay. Franks was okay. Sobey was okay. You can give a free pass to Franks because he's had a great season so oh, far. Of course, yeah. Yeah, so he's entitled to a bad game. Yeah, Anthony Drew was pretty solid. Jack Salt was actually... Jack Salt was very good superb. from what I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five of six shooting, 10 points, five boards in 11 minutes off the bench. Just, he looked brilliant. How did Brisbane just keep finding these centres? They could let Hodgson go. They could let Froling go. Because they still, they just have all these big guys. And then they still don't play him properly. Well, that's another This story. is the thing, like, he does he does that in, what, 11 minutes? Play him 20. Yeah, exactly. See yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Happens. Well, you've got to throw the rotations out the window when someone's playing well. Leave him in. Yeah. Absolutely. I will say this, though. When you see James Duncan on the sideline with a massive, massive mask covering his entire mouth right down to his neck and it not even touching his nose, it is hard to want good things for Brisbane. <laughs> It's, how freaking hard is it to wear a mask properly? <laughs> Doesn't he wear glasses? 
As a glass of wearer. Not, not in that game he was. Oh, okay, yeah. As, as someone who wears glasses, it fogs up all the time when it's over your nose. I mean, I still put it over my is that, nose. Is that why you intentionally lost yours at the Yeah, well, yeah, that? yeah. Thanks for that. But look, it was a great result for the breakers and it was great for the league. You Absolutely, yes. No one wants to see a team go winless for an entire season. Especially when they're not going to play a home game, probably. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, when they're doing the league. Like, it must be hard enough for those poor buggers. It's Any silver lining is a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good little pickup as well for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, Brandon Ashley. So great was, little pickup. Love a, that pickup. Yeah, he was a, a ten and seven guy a couple of seasons ago with New Zealand. Athletic, six foot nine guy, gives him some pretty decent front court punch. Might sure up the second unit as well. Foul troubles may be an issue with him, but I, I don't. I don't think you'll play enough minutes to yeah. to have foul trouble issues. He's the sort of guy I thought the Wildcats would have really liked. Actually, mm. I mean Fraser, yeah, the jury's still out on him, Look, but he's just short. I think we need a bit of size. But yeah, no, I like that pickup for Southeast Melbourne. It's a low risk, high reward pickup. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a really Quite good frankly. one. And they were teasing it a few days and there was a lot of speculation. Oh, who's it going to be? Brandon Ashley, someone we're all familiar with. A former breaker. One of those aforementioned New Zealand breakers. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Shuri, we thought we'd talk about the NBL's options quickly. We've already talked about the replacement players in the cricket. That's something that looks like it might happen. You picked up a Pete Hawley list where he mentioned a bunch of replacement players. I didn't actually see that one. Yeah, I mean, there were a few that were maybe a little bit iffy. Guys, you know, David Anderson, Damian Martin, guys that have officially retired. Um, there were a few other guys, though, like Jeremy Kendall was on that list. Um, you had Adam Gibson. I, I did see Cody Ellis off the list. I don't, oh, know, I, don't know, I don't know why. I mean, it was put out to the, the general public and... I know Cody, I think, was the first or second name that was listed on there by someone. So, Oh, yeah, he's not that old. Get him in. Obviously, he's not being forgotten by a huge percentage of the basketball community. And obviously, yeah, we would cross everything and pray for Cody that he, uh, he gets he a gets chance. He gets a shot. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of teams that could use his talent and his heart. So, yeah, fingers crossed. It wouldn't be a surprise if former players that have retired recently would come back in, though. I mean, Conrad, he never left. Yeah. So it could happen. Yeah. That... And do you remember that time Scotty Fisher came back and he wore 45 like Jordan did when he came back? I don't, do you... I don't know. Really? Remember you that. don't remember I don't that? Remember that. No. So, okay, you remember Fish doing the fish slide after home games? Absolutely. And yeah, they... yeah. So, they... so there was one season after he retired. I can't remember when it was, but we had really big injury problems. I think even we brought Pete Hansen back. And so Fish came back to play in a game. And rather than wearing the 30, he wore the 45. And he did the fish slide afterwards. They interviewed him. You know, that's when we had season tickets. I don't remember that. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm not suggesting he comes back. He's coaching the University of Santa Barbara. I mean, that could legitimately be bullshit. And I would have no idea. No, it's true. I'm not not saying it is, but... I'll tell you what else is true. He's he's with uh, Clint Eastwood's ex. Clint Eastwood's what? Like 86? Yeah, he does her up for himself. Well... Yeah. Done very well. <laughs> All right. So we talked about the NBL's options last week. I wonder if we wrote off the bubble too quickly. Now, I know there's a lot of issues with the bubble in the NBL. It does not have the money of the NBA or the AFL like we talked about, obviously, an overseas or a domestic league that have used bubbles in the past. I'm wondering if they investigate a mini bubble. So, like, maybe try and fit in three games in a week five games in a week and a half, two weeks. Look at who's played each other so far. Try and work out two groups of five. You could even have two bubbles, two groups of five in two different places of teams that haven't played each other much. If you do go down that road where you're only playing three games, you can have a team that you've played against. And that's one of the one of the teams you don't play, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that, that's the tricky part is that if you look at 
it's kind of almost been like two bubbles at the moment anyway. I mean, Perth still haven't played Southeast Melbourne. They haven't played Sydney, Illawarra, Melbourne United. So to go and play those four teams, it would mean those guys would then have to play each other. So, And that's where it gets tricky. There's also the issue, New Zealand have played seven games, but Cairns have only played four, for mm. example. Yep. And they have, they have come out with three weeks worth of schedule, but already... Games have been changed. Yeah, it's getting blown up. Yeah, I mean, so you can't you can't rely on any information at the moment. You're just happy day by day, I think. Mm. So I'm I'm beginning to get concerned for the whole season. Oh, massively. There's honestly there's three teams. So Southeast Melbourne, Illawarra, and Adelaide have not played a game in rounds four, five, or six. So you've got to look at it and say, how long has it been between games for these guys? Well, and Cairns don't play a game in round seven that's scheduled. There and they've played the go. least games of any team in the comp. There you go. So, so that's an issue too. There's Yeah, there's not much going on. I, I think... And how's this, Joey? New Zealand, the team that's played seven games, the most out of anyone, are scheduled to play three games in round seven. Yeah, wow. Let's play three games in five nights. This, that's ridiculous. In fact, it's four games in eight nights when you look at it because they play Sydney and... On the 23rd, yeah, if that goes ahead. Yeah, you're right. So... yeah. What, it's almost like they're trying to get all of New Zealand's games out, out of the way. It's, Send it's, them home. <laughs> let's, just, oh, let's just finish their oh, season. Oh, oh, oh wow. It's like a mercy kill. Oh, jeez. That's horrible. That is horrible. But it's it's kind of like if you go back to when we were in the Caribbean and you would have some sort of gaps in the cricket where you would have teams playing games every two or three days and then they'd go a week and a half yeah, without yeah, a game. With a long all, break. And then all of a sudden you'd play one game in the lead up to the finals and your momentum's all stuffed. Yeah. So, oh, it's, it's hard. I mean, as we said last week, I pity the poor person who is, or people who are doing all of this. Yeah. Look, a long-term bubble is not going to be financially viable, but I just wonder if they either have a big pop-up bubble for a week, week and a half, two weeks, or like I said, maybe even two bubbles where you send five teams to each bubble, or they have a pop-up NBL Cup again. And rather than everyone play each other once, and I did talk about this last week, maybe you don't have, maybe you do have everyone play each other once, or maybe you just work the fixture so that teams are playing the teams they need to play. Hmm. But you can almost, you can almost kiss home and away games goodbye now. If you're lucky enough to be playing on your home four or even in your home state, well done, all power to you. But we've just got to get the games done now. And I, I really think that mini bubbles might be the only option. I don't think it'd be that bad, though, because if you look at it, I mean, not many teams have played teams twice. I mean, Perth have played Brisbane twice, as an example, and I'm sure the Jack Jumpers have probably played someone twice. It's kind of hard to hard to see on here. <laughs> You're looking at my homework. Try, yeah, I'm trying to see. Yeah. I've got the losses in red. Yeah, yeah they, should, they should have been in fluoro yellow. But no, it, it is kind of, I'm looking at it. I don't think anyone's played anyone three times yet. So you could still figure it out. I, yeah, I hate to say it, but Hutchie, you need to put up some money in. Melbourne have played Sydney three times. Okay, so there you so go. So they lost in round one and then they've won the other two. Okay. Once Golding and them came back. So that's maybe yeah. maybe the one exception. But yeah, I mean, we wrote it off last week, but it now looks like it's probably the only viable way to make this season happen. Well, I think a long-term bubble isn't financially viable. So you can write off a bubble for the rest of the season, I do think. But they really have to think about the potential for maybe a couple of really quick ones. You try and get a few games in a week. Just You just got to clear out the schedule. I don't know if you're going to get every team playing. I think it was 28 is what they're meant to be playing. I don't know if you'll get that, but maybe, uh, maybe it's a real shame. I worry. I do worry. Maybe you go a six-weeker. Just have everyone in there for six weeks. But even that's going to cost a fortune, I think. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, as long as it's just buses to and from the hotel, 
they all use this. Well, this is the problem. It's they, the paying they, for the accommodation. Well, the, the problem is actually also the arena because, as we spoke about, the tennis will be on in yeah, well, that's a right. couple of weeks. So that's they, right. That's so they right. may have to take it out to like Dandenong. Oh, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't matter as long as the rims are ten feet and the court are the right dimensions. I, I don't think beggars can be choosers at this stage. Yeah, one of the bitumen courts <laughs> down down, <laughs> down, down at the local YMCA. <laughs> Ones where there's three right next to each other, yeah. just play all the game, like the Blitz. You have, know. To, have to turn the rings around because they're stuck on the, on the netball rings. <laughs> uh, might well, be the only way we get an yeah, outcome. Beggars cannot be choosers. So we have a perfect segue, Stewie. Brad Newley and his draft rights have been traded. Yeah, from the Melbourne United <laughs> team to the New York Knicks. No, so he's actually had his draft rights thrown into a trade with the New York Knicks as part of the Rajon Rondo trade from earlier in the week. It is bizarre. It, it is crazy. A bloke in his mid-30s. Well, this is it. This is a guy who's pretty close to retirement and his draft rights are still being used. I don't even understand personally why that would be thrown. Like, I, mean, I know. I, I couldn't work it out either because they're not paying me. There's draft rights. It's, it's just yeah. a bit of paper. So, yeah, yeah makes, I don't get that either. Makes minimal sense. Maybe with the replacement. Play. Get him over there. Be good to see him in an NBA oh, jersey. Why not? Go on. Yeah. I actually saw a tweet from Steve Smith, not cricketer Steve Smith, a, a brilliant follow on Twitter. Yeah, he guy. is actually, yeah. And he's actually spoken. He sort of said, oh, if you think this is crazy, check this out. And there's a list of five guys with the draft rights still being held by teams that are way past 36. So Milwaukee holds the draft rights to Russian Andre Fedosov, who is 49. <laughs> Portland holds the draft rights to Argentinian Marcelo Nicola, who is 50. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Arvita Sabonis. No. Well, <laughs> Arvita Sabonis is probably not much younger than these guys. Yeah. Oklahoma City holds the draft rights to American Abdul Shamsid Dean, who is 53. Probably trade him for a future first rounder. How odd. Phoenix holds the draft right to American Ron Ellis, who is 54. And Atlanta holds the draft rights to Italian Augusto Benelli, who is 57 and actually played for Salus Bologna at age 46. Wow. So. Well, Lewis Scholar was looking pretty good in those Olympics. Yeah, maybe it's. Maybe he should be a replacement. Maybe, maybe, yeah, well, maybe the days of Benelli are not. Yeah, yeah, Hmm. yeah. The Utah Jazz still hold the rights to Methuselah. So. <laughs> Methuselah rookie card. Wow, 82 conversions. <laughs> or whatever the number is. Yeah, I can't remember. Who would have thought religion and learning could be fun? Religion? Learning? learning? Let's get out of here. All right, let's not turn this into a Simpsons quote off. Uh, no, we've done pretty well so far. Yeah. So, a fair bit going on in the NBA. A lot of it's COVID related. We're not going to talk about any of that stuff because bugger that. We have a feel good story. We've done enough COVID on this episode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But no, we've got the feel-good story. 941 days have passed since Game 6 of the NBA Finals in 2019. That was the last time Clay Thompson had played in a game before yesterday. Yeah, finally back. Finally back. 17 shots in 20 minutes, 19 minutes. 18. 18, okay. But pretty close. And yeah. yet Finn Delaney can't get more than six. In the, like, <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? I mean, Finn Delaney's not exactly No, Clay I know, but he's, but he's one of the better players. Anyway, yeah, no, it's a great story. Good on him. And it, it makes is. Golden State look even more dangerous. The concern all of a sudden, though, is this amazing growth that we've seen from the likes of Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. Oh, it's a nice problem to have. Might though. recede a little bit. So well, it's a nice problem to have. Wiggins only had nine shots in 34 minutes. Jordan Poole had 12 shots in 24. That's down considerably from what they've been shooting for the previous parts of the season. Look, it's great to see him back on the court. Absolutely, you're right. It is a great problem to have for Golden State. And he's a great defender, so they're always going to give him good minutes. Yeah. The, the best thing for me is that he dunked 
Oh, you know, oh. he could have he could have laid that up, but instead he went for the jam. That was massive. It was that was a good sign, very good sign. To be well, yeah, you're right actually, because it was a dunk that caused that injury. Exactly, a very so, similar, very similar circumstances yeah. caused the injury. So, so he's he's got confidence, which is good. This is absolutely the story the league needs right now with all this COVID shit going on. Like, just a really good story. All of the guys, all the big players from around the league were tweeting saying, "Oh my god, it's so great to have you back." And just yeah, getting shots up and hitting threes, and had that little purple patch in the third quarter where he hit three shots in about a minute and a half. Which, as is his want, as often happens yes. when he catches flat. Third yep. quarter clay. He's yep. yeah, but no, uh, great to see. It is great. And look out, league. Now Kevin Porter Jr. Geez, he had a week, didn't he? Well, you had an Antonio Brown kind of moment, didn't he? Oh, it was well. It's kind was, of what I, I alluded say, to in the intro. I was going to say worse, but probably not. But uh, yeah, game against... No, he's still got a contract. <laughs> he does, yeah. Well, he's lucky. Um, game against Denver last week, Porter Jr. and Christian Wood got into an altercation with assistant coach John Lucas. Porter Jr. reportedly threw something at him and then left the arena. Wood refused to enter the game in the second half. He got suspended for a game. Yeah. Probably lucky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would think. I think it, the problem is they're two talented players. Mm. And so they don't want to suspend them for too long. I don't know why. I don't know why either. He's keep I mean, tanking. Houston rescued him from Cleveland. So he clearly has an issue with authority. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. But uh, the mismatch blokes did an interesting thing about this last year as well. They gave some really interesting background about, yeah, mm. it was kind of bound to happen eventually, I dare say. Oh, of course. There are some parallel. There are more than just one parallel with the Antonio Brown. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, hopefully he can get his shit together because he's an incredibly talented player. Oh, no doubt. I mean, he's he came, got a 50. Yeah. Well, he does, yeah. Yeah. And so he's, he is very talented. He came out and hit a game winner against Washington in the next game, which was you know, a big shot right in the, the face of, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Raul Neto or something. No, I can't remember either. By the way, did you see the DeRozan game winners? Yes. They were nuts. Yes. Holy shit. First time a player's had two game winners in back-to-back back back games. Ever. Yeah, yeah, so, in the history of the league. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, look, well, just quickly, I mean, I, I think personally a suspension of three to five games would have been about right. I mean, if you're throwing something in an assistant coach. You, yeah, you, you, you there's got to be some respect for authority. You can't tolerate that. Even no. if it's three, I, I can deal with that. But one is just. Yeah, one's a, it's tokenistic, isn't it? It, it really is. Yeah, when it's, it's an 82 game season. Especially when he just left the arena. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, it's, it's insubordinate. It's pretty bad. It, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of bad, though, from that game against Washington, oh, boy, the commentators. We, we spoke about the Golden State yeah. commentators last oh, week. Oh, man. The Washington... What guys, is wrong with people at the moment? They've one-upped them here, oh, big quite time. frankly. Big time. So after he's hit this game winner, the commentators for Washington have said, Kevin Porter Jr., like his dad, pulled that trigger right at the right time. <sighs> now, for people who don't know, Porter Jr.'s dad was jailed for first-degree manslaughter in 1993 in the shooting death of a 14-year-old girl. Yep, and I bet her parents felt really good about those commentators. And then, in 2004, he was shot dead in Seattle at a bar trying to help someone who was being attacked. Yeah, right. So talk about just the Poor most... taste. Yeah, the most ridiculously insensitive thing you could say. Yeah, on a live broadcast. I mean, jeez. Yeah. And like I remember going back a few years, the OKC commentator Brian Davis, he was stood down for good after saying that Russell Westbrook was, quote, out of his cotton-picking mind. Now, that's yeah, it's a, it's a horrible, horrible yeah, phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that, but it's something, if you've grown up in Oklahoma, 
it's a turn of phrase that's probably just ingrained it, into it your just head. Runs off the tongue. Like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's not something that he would necessarily associate with. He's not thinking about slavery. With the slavery. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like when you say, "Yeah, you're out of your cotton picking mind," it's like you've gone crazy. And they still had to do something about it. Maybe it was harsh to sack him. Well, that's it. He, but but I, what? So there's nothing's happened to these blokes. Well, he apologised to. Well, sorry, going back to Davis, he apologised to Westbrook. He apologised to Paul George, the entire Thunder organisation, and still lost his job. These guys have apologised. Yep. But at the same time, like, I mean, this is the same sort of thing, really. Yeah, yeah. You you would actually even argue that this is worse. Well, think again. Think about the victim's family. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she didn't even get have a chance to see much of high school, let alone anything beyond that. So, yeah. yeah. And so, like, you're talking about a, you know, a, a real slip of the tongue in terms of using a, a, a phrase that certainly wasn't meant to be racist in terms of what Brian Davis did. And then you got these guys. I mean, that's not like a tiny little phrase. Pull the trigger at the right time. Like, oh, that's that, an intentional. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that yeah, is. yeah, yeah. That is just, it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, not not great. And then to round out the week, Porter Jr. gets ejected for shoulder charging Charlie Brown of the 76ers on a fast break. Mm. So not a good week for him at all. Not at all. But, uh, yeah, honestly, get those commentators out of there. Speaking of shoulder charging, Morris. Hasn't played since the Jokic one. 30 games we're sitting out now. Yeah, wow. Which is very, very interesting. We wouldn't have expected this to happen. And and look, the Morris brothers, for everything that they are, and there are a lot of things, they're not soft. No, 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 no. So it'll be a legit injury. Oh, well, you got proper whiplash from it. Yeah, yeah. And he's on a Miami team that's kind of eyeing off that number one seed at the moment. The Bulls are there at the moment, but they're knocking on the door. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a surprise. It is a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Speaking of surprises, Lance Corporal Stevenson. <laughs> Back in Indiana. What, what did I say last week? I was like, <laughs> yeah. imagine what would have happened if Lance had stayed in Indiana. And what's happened? He's they've, back. They've offered him a 10-day contract. He's gone crazy and they've signed him for the rest of the season now. Gone crazy is an understatement. Breaking records. Yeah, well. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, against Brooklyn last Wednesday, scored 20 points in the first quarter yeah. off the bench. Yeah. First time Never in happened. NBA history that's yeah. happened. He also scored 20 straight points for the Pacers in that game. Here is a fairly comprehensive list of the players who have never scored 20 straight points. Oh, I saw that tweet. A just, lot of good names. Just in the sort of the, just in this century. Yep. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Vince Carter, Luka Doncic, Carl Anthony Towns, Russell Westbrook, Giannis Antetokounmpo. It goes on and on. Anthony Davis, Kawhi yeah. Leonard, DeMar DeRozan, James Harden, Dirk Nowitzki, Trey Young, Tim Duncan, Kevin Love, Chris Bosh, Paul Pierce, Nikola Jokic, Dwayne Wade, and Bradley Beal. The Holy shit. Point is, it's very rare. Th- these are some of the greatest scorers that the league has ever oh, seen. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've never done something that Lance Stevenson, who was out of the league two weeks ago. Well, he was only there because of the replacement player COVID stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, again, though. He was out of the league because of off-court stuff. So it it wasn't just performance that that meant his end. How's this? Or what we thought was his end. An incredibly small sample size. I get it. It's four games. But he has never averaged more points per game, more assists per game, more steals (laughs) per game, or had a higher field goal percentage. Yeah, it is a very small sample size. But it's a great story. It's a great story. (laughs) It's brilliant. And like you said, you know, in these times, we've got to hold on to those great stories because they're few and far between. Play that guitar, Lance, honestly. It is just, (laughs) it's brilliant. Uh, Oh, do you remember when he blew on LeBron's ear during the playoffs? Oh, the look, the smirk from LeBron. That that was the sort of shit. That's why he got kicked out of the league. He's just a bloody weirdo. Anyway, great, great story, though. And hopefully he continues to do well. The Pacers need him. 
Speaking of LeBron, quick update on his greatness. Yes. He has now passed Alvin Robertson for 10th all-time in steals. Yeah, that was yesterday, I think, or very recently. Yeah, a couple of days ago. So, yeah. so he's now obviously top 10 in points, assists, and steals. The only other player top 10 in three major categories, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with points, rebounds, and blocks. Alvin Robertson, of course, one of only four players to ever have a quadruple-double. In, indeed. Yes. Indeed. Yeah, sorry to throw that in there. Former San Antonio Spur. Yes, indeed. Also with David Robinson, two for, of the four. Former Milwaukee Buck. Yes, indeed. And Detroit Pistons. Yes, several others, yes. probably. Mm, sorry. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one of these things. Like He just continues to do these, these amazing things. He's averaging more points, assists, and blocks than he did 10 years ago. Oh, it's nuts. He's, he's only, playing center. He's only shot a better clip five times in his career, third best three-point clip of his career, and the best free throw percentage he's had. And yet it's a down year. It's Yeah, he's not... He's not being considered for... Nah, yeah. nah, absolutely not, because his team's shit. Yeah, so, well, I mean, they're in the playoff race at the moment, but yeah. At the moment. They're, they're in that eight spot, I think. Yeah. Yeah. A team that's not really in the race for the eight spot, thankfully, is my OKC Thunder. <laughs> and look, we missed the boat on this one by about a day. It happened. Oh, yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because we recorded a little bit earlier than usual. It wasn't a Tuesday. But a quick yeah. congrats to Josh Giddy for the youngest player in NBA history with a triple-double. 17 points, 13 boards, 14 assists against Dallas last Monday. It was only a matter of time. It was just whether, whether or not he'd break the record for youngest, wasn't it? And that was after the first 0.10 rebound, 10 assist game in 50 years for him as well. It is crazy to think. I didn't know he'd been playing for 50 years. Oh, Nathan. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> God. We've clearly been recording for over two hours. <laughs> yes. It's crazy to think, though, that the two youngest players in NBA history with a triple-double have played in the NBA in the last couple of years. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And it's, then, it's great. Great for our league. Let's hope our league can finish its season. It. And then they joined yeah. Markel Fulks and Luka Doncic as the only other teenagers to do it. I completely forgot about Markel Fulks doing his ACL. It's been nearly a year. He can't be far away from returning. Ah, yes. Another one who, another one who's a bust, dare I say. Good. Very good. I like that. Oh, we are getting towards you. Speaking of guys who, well, have kind of been a bust so far, but hopefully won't be for much longer. Bowl, bowl. Yes. The free bowl, bowl movement seems to have finally worked. So Denver has traded bowl, bowl to Detroit for Rodney Magruder and a second round draft pick. He'll finally get to play some decent minutes on, Point a, center. on a terrible team as well. So yes, yep. he's not going to get crucified or buried on the bench for making mistakes. Dwayne Casey might actually want to develop him. Yep. And Detroit have pretty average big man stocks anyway. So hopefully he'll make a splash. Yep. As long as they have the Bruce Reed sticky tape, he'll be fine. <laughs> Bruce Reed sticky <laughs> He is pretty skinny. I'll give you that. And last little thing I did want to talk about, the Christina Pink face plant. Oh, yeah. So... LA Clippers sideline reporter Christina Pink, massive face plant after interviewing Amir Coffey yesterday. So during the interview, Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann have done the traditional, let's go and throw water on that role player being interviewed. Mm. But then as Pink tried to move on after the interview, she slipped and landed really hard on her front. She tweeted out later that she was okay. But when you look at the incident, she could easily have broken a wrist or a hand. Or Oh, yeah. Oh, it could have been really bad. Given her a concussion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in, in high heels. Absolutely. So I, I pose two questions to you. One, should they ban players throwing water over players on the court? And two, should they look at banning high heels? Oh, I think they should, they should be allowed to wear high heels because they need to be tall enough to stand next to these blokes that... Uh, I don't know what the average height is in the league, Probably but six, it would be 6'5"-ish at least, yeah. yeah. So I don't. So I don't think they should ban those. Uh, yeah, look, maybe they need to be a bit more thoughtful about it, at least cleaning it up it's if a, they are going to. It's gonna... an NHS thing. Do you know the irony? 
the last thing she said to him before she slipped, <laughs> go in there and get dry. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, maybe dry the floor too while yeah, we're at it. Yeah, no, that wasn't nice at all. It's a massive fall. Yeah. A massive, massive fall. A taco fall. He's out of the league now. He's been cut. Oh, dear. Thanks for listening to this Sport Bloke segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sport Blokes. 